0: With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out.
1: Hey, one of us network listeners, this is Trevor from the Nighthawks podcast, invading your space to ask you to give us a spin if you like movies.
2: And I'm Matt, joining Trevor to ask you to join our cult. May not be a cult. Probably a cult. On the Nighthawks podcast, we cover new movies, old movies, great movies, bad movies, so bad they're good movies, and we cover movies from Norway. One movie from Norway, one time. So far, and it was a really good movie from Norway. It is a good movie from Norway. It's got Stellan Skarsgård.
1: Matt, this is a promo for our podcast, the Nighthawks Podcast. Do you want people to listen to the podcast, or do you want them to watch In Order of Disappearance?
2: Wasn't that the point of covering In Order of Disappearance on the podcast to get people to watch it?
1: Fair enough. Watch In Order of Disappearance and then afterwards listen to our Nighthawks podcast episode on it. Or you could listen to an episode on any
2: of the over 120 other movies we've covered. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, and at nighthawkspodcast.com.
0: When this movie starts, Angelina Jolie, she's like this badass smoke jumper firefighter, and they're like, Man, she's the baddest of us all. And she's like, Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you, the man. I'm here to do what I want when I want. Woo! Let's party. And then immediately after for the whole rest of the movie, she's just like, Well, I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, we (laughs) movie? That's not what I was promised in your opening sequence. We got to get the drama, man.
3: We got to get the deep emotions and the tragedy.
0: I was like, she's like Brody from Point Break at first. You're like, damn, that's a girl I'd like to party. I mean, I'd like to party from a distance. I'd be like one of the lesser crew, right? Yeah, especially when she puts on her parachute. You want to be a clear distance away from that. You know, this movie, Those Who Wish Me Dead, a weirdly twee title for this pretty straightforward, very 90s action-ish movie, is written and directed by Taylor Sheridan. Uh, Only the second film... If you listen to him, that he directed after the really good Wind River. He did, in mm-hmm. fact, start his career directing a movie, but he says it's so horrible he doesn't even count it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: really? I didn't even know about Everyone's that. got a Piranha 2.
0: Based on a book by author Michael Cortia,
3: Yeah, who also co-wrote the script with Sheridan and then Charles Levitt too.
0: Uh, now, if you don't know Sheridan is, Sheridan did a lot of stuff that a lot of us really liked a lot. He was nominated for Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for Hell or High Water. Great film. That film was nominated for four Oscars, including Best Picture. He did Wind River, and he wrote the sequel to Sicario, as well as... I haven't seen Yellowstone, but people say it's really good.
3: It's actually very similar to this movie, where it's very good, pulpy, action-y, neo-Western stuff. It's that phase in Kevin Costner's career of him doing like weird, rugged Western stuff, like Hatfields and McCoy.
0: Not strong recommendation
1: there, Justin. (laughs) I, I didn't say it was. I'm just saying, you know, it's the stuff that... You know, my dad and mom like Yellowstone. Like, Hell or High Water is one of my dad's favorite fucking movies. And I feel like if you ask any dad what's your favorite movie, it's going to be Hell or High Water. But that's also a badass fucking movie.
0: I'm not a dad, but the year that came out, it was my favorite movie. But I am of dad age, so (laughs) there you go. We're here to review this movie. My review jumpers are Justin hey everybody adrian
1: i'm your son oh no
0: are you you're just now admitting this <laughs> fuck this is awkward i knew this day would come shouldn't oh, have partied man. so much in the 80s and davy peppers and i'm your grandson adrian.
2: <laughs> adrian chris i have news for both of you oh no
0: <laughs> now you just blew it because adrian would have had to have had sex <laughs> <laughs> Man. No, I'm just kidding, Adrian. We know you have sex. I've got pictures. Anyway, those who <laughs> want to Wish Me Dead follows the story sort of uh, Hannah Faber, which is Angelina Jolie's character. She's a smoke jumper, which is one of those people who, like, in the woods in National Forest, when there's a forest fire, they parachute in and they deal with fires. Uh, she now works in a fire lookout tower in Montana because she used to be sort of more direct and into the action, but apparently the last big nasty fire was really, really bad and they almost all got killed and in fact, some people did get killed and she can't get over the guilt of, you know, seeing these kids in the distance that she wasn't able to save. So they're kind of like, OK, well, we don't think you're psychologically ready to go back into the shit. Meanwhile, we see this guy who has been targeted by assassins confusingly enough played by, well, not confusing for Aidan Gillen, but for (laughs) Nicholas Holt as an assassin, okay, I guess. As cold-blooded assassins working for, I'll just say it, Tyler Perry.
3: (laughs) Actual Tyler Perry.
0: Actual (laughs) Tyler Perry. Not, I mean, he might be playing himself. I don't know. They're taking out people because Jake Weber, he was a forensic accountant, and basically he uncovered some really nasty shit that went up to the highest levels of power. They're never really specific, but the idea is there's nowhere he can really run. He doesn't know what to do, so he takes his young son, Connor, and says, we got to get the fuck out of here. We're going to go to my ex-brother-in-law, I think it was, who lives out in Montana as a cop, played by John Bernthal, who is married to a woman named Allison Sawyer, played by the really now on my attention radar, Medina Senghor, who I think is the strongest point of this whole film. Oh, yeah. Who's very pregnant. And he's like, we got to go find him. I don't even know if he can help us, but I do trust him. And they're not even there yet when they're called is taken out by assassins. He doesn't make it. Kid does. Says, here's a a written list of all the stuff. Go on the run. And who does the kid encounter out in the wild but a sad Angelina Jolie? She's She's very sad. sad. She's like just... (laughs) moping about and kicking over rocks, stupid rock. And she's like, what a kid lost in the woods. Here's my chance to redeem myself from the other kids that died because arguably because of me. Well, you can see where this is going. So it's Angelina Jolie with a kid, Versus assassins that are hunting him, but also the other side characters, which are really kind of, it's more of an ensemble cast, really, because Julie is not really the headline star of this film overall. It is more ensemble. John Bernthal and Medina Singhor both also dealing with these assassins in a sort of side story. Who will survive? Will any of them die from the assassins? Will any of them live from the assassins? Well, that is Those Who Wish Me Dead. And I gotta say, if this had come out in 1995 starring Skeet Ulrich, I just wouldn't have been surprised.
3: Yeah, actually, that's exactly (laughs) what I was gonna say, is that this feels like not only a film that came out in the 90s, but if nowadays it had come out in the 90s, you would see it on USA Network, and it'd be like, oh, you know, fun films of the 90s, that's Saturday morning afternoon. Everything you just said in the plot is all there is in the plot. It's this super straightforward story, which is really weird, because Terry Sheridan usually has some kind of subtle context with his type of action films, like... You know, Sicario, there's a whole underlying theme about Mexican culture with Wind River, it's all about Native American exploitation. This one's got
1: none of that. This one seems more of like a studio film straight up. It works well as an HBO Max film to watch at home. I think as a dad movie, it works pretty well. I mean it's tell my grandpa, hey, you should check this out. But I also don't
2: think it's bad. I was entertained. No. It's, it's not one of the like all time of the recent dad movies that we've had with stuff like Hell or High Water or Ford v. Ferrari that are dad movies, but mm-hmm. also just like so, so good. But if you like dad movies, this is really fun. I had a really good time with this. The biggest problem is that it's such a spread out
3: ensemble because Taylor Sheridan likes to focus on characters, even the bad guys in this case, which, yeah. man, In Gillen and Nicholas Holt got so much character development, only to pretty much explain that they're just really evil. That's as deep yeah. as their characters get for most of that.
0: They're like sociopaths, but they don't act like sociopaths.
3: Yeah, they occasionally, like, chit-chat with each other and
1: occasionally have, like, snacks
0: every now and then.
1: And it's fun. They care for each other, and that's all that matters.
0: Kind but, of? I, maybe? I don't even know. It, it's That's the thing, there's so much not going on under the surface of this film at all. It just is what it is. It's never where I went, oh, that's so stupid. Because it's not. No. Everything is reasonable. That's just it, though. Everything's just so goddamn reasonable. There's nothing <laughs> denser. There's nothing under the surface of this film at all. There's nothing that you haven't seen before. And Angelina Jolie, who you're like, cool, they present her as going to be a kick-ass hero, just runs and hides through the whole movie and doesn't have much to actually do, which is deeply surprising. That's the thing that bugged me so much in this movie, is that everyone's been praising her for
3: her acting in the movie, which she is fine. She's always fine. Yeah, but I actually felt like she was the weak link as a character in this story. The drama stuff they gave her wasn't terribly interesting. And then after a certain point, once she meets the kid, like you said, she's just kind of being pushed along with the plot where... If this movie had focused on John Bernthal and Medina Sanghor, that would have been a much more interesting movie because anytime it focused back to them, they held my attention almost the entire time. They, they were really both great.
0: Their story is captivating in its way. You feel like there's so many more layers going on to their relationship that's interesting. Their interplay is convincing. I mean, she's like nine months pregnant and she gets to be an action badass while nine <laughs> months pregnant. It's like, why isn't this whole movie about this lady <laughs> she's the one i want to watch
1: <laughs> i sort of disagree in the sense that maybe it's been so long since i've seen angelina jolie in anything i mean i honest to god i think the last thing i could remember her in is doing a voice in kung fu panda when she popped up it was just kind of like oh hey It's like seeing an old friend. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. I used to look forward to seeing you on screen. And I thought she was pretty good. I mean, I felt sad when she felt sad. Now, at (laughs) like the fifth time she started crying, maybe it was like, okay, yeah. I felt a more impactful action resurgence from Megan Fox in Rogue. I don't think that's a great movie, but I think she's just so kick-ass in that. So this isn't quite that. But I don't think she's bad at all. I feel like everyone actually does a good job. I I think the kid, Finn Little, playing Connor, I thought that kid did a pretty great job, especially because, much like Angelina Jolie, half this
2: movie, he's just crying the whole time. But I felt bad (laughs) for him. He sells it. Yeah, the whole movie is just crying and running away from fires or from British people. (laughs) (laughs) It's really just going to depend on if that's your kind of thing. If you hear the phrase... Oh, Angelina Jolie uses a pickaxe as a weapon, like Laura Croft, but the new one, not the one she played. If that sounds like a good time to you, congratulations, you're me, and this movie's for you. Yeah,
0: you get ten seconds of this film to enjoy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but it's so cool! It was a good ten seconds. (laughs) It was a good, and it's got the build-up, and it's like, yeah! Yeah!
3: I have to wonder how much of this is faithful to the actual book it's based on. I wondered the same thing. The guy co-wrote the screenplay with Taylor Sheridan. Clearly, there was a lot of streamlining, but it goes to some pretty ludicrous places near the end. There's a big final thing that happens where it's just like, all right, this is like apocalypse level stuff going on around
0: them. I've never fought a fire, but I hear it can be kind of apocalyptic in those circumstances. Yeah,
1: (laughs) The book itself is, is more of like a tone poem. It's more so about the symbolism about how, how fire yeah. erases the past and such like that. And I'm lying. I've never read this. So I don't think it's like that.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I believe you. you have I'm sure it's
1: exactly like you, this movie. Adrian.
3: I was going to say, I'm like, so did they turn this from Firewatch, the video game, into an action movie?
0: <laughs> Everything is fine. There's nothing that's not fine. It's just there's so little that's above fine. I've seen all this before. What are you doing? I'm not really entertained. I'm not really bored either. I'm just kind of going through the motions the way you do when you watch a movie that, if this had come out in the 90s, would have a title like Flash Fire or something a lot more 90s like that, you know? <laughs> and it would have a sequel where instead of fires, it's floods. Samuel Jackson is like the older cop and like, you know what I'm saying? Be, yeah, yeah, Gina Davis and Samuel Jackson. Let's yeah. go to final thoughts. Davey.
2: I like this movie. It's fun because two things. One, I really like the like that 90s style of like action thrillers and I have been hurting for something a little more streamlined and a little more All right, we're going to put a bunch of adults in the room and let them kill each other. Because sometimes that's fun, and especially with the recent stuff we've gotten on HBO Max, none of it feels like it belongs there. It all feels a little wrong. Godzilla vs. Kong. Not that that's a very good movie, but I was watching it and just going, man, this would have been a lot more fun on a big screen, watching the Snyder Cut. It's not like it's a very good movie, but it probably would have been more fun on the big screen. This... This belongs directly on my laptop. And there's something of value to that. Outside of Sicario 2, it's the weakest of Taylor Sheridan's recent films. But that's still pretty good, all things considered. Honestly, I just want to see more movies about firefighters. Between this and the incredible Only the Brave from a few years back firefighters make really good heroes and i want to see more movies about them and you should also watch only the brave because that movie is incredible seven out of ten john Burnthals that are the most john Burnthal to ever john Burnthal.
0: now that you have me thinking davy i'm like is there a firefighter movie i like because i really did not like only the brave <laughs> sorry that's me re- i really disliked that movie what's the, the ron howard one even that- backdraft even that was, like, so dumb. It's like, come on. Yeah. They're like, they sound edited the fire so it sounded like a lion and shit. It's like, come on, That's, man. like, the only thing that makes that movie fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to diss on firefighters, but, like, man, come on. Give these guys a better movie. Justin.
3: Well, the best firefighter thing ever is Rescue Me, that TV show. So.
0: Yes, there you go.
3: Yeah, that's the best firefighter thing. This one, with the title like this, it made me think a lot about that film The Devil All the Time. But this one's not nearly as dark as that, but it's that same level of super straightforward storytelling where that one strived to be deep, but it's an incredibly simplistic thriller film. And that's kind of what this is. I will say this, that I think Taylor Sheridan's actually showing to be a pretty good director. When you think about the visuals, it's a really well-shot movie. The guy who did it is Ben Richardson, who shot Beasts of the Southern Wild and is currently a cinematographer on Yellowstone as well. And it's made with the polish and quality you expect from something that Taylor Sheridan's producing. It's just the biggest problem that I don't know if it's just him or the source material, but it's just a very safe movie. And that's kind of the stuff he likes to do. He likes macho movies, you know, movies with... Big dudes with big guns kind of thing. Not in the same way of Schwarzenegger, but more, like, actual people who are tough guys. And it just didn't translate very well here, I don't think. Because it's hard to buy Angelina Jolie as a tough guy in the same way John Bernthal is a tough guy. Like, they somehow did it with Medina uh, Singhor, where she actually seems tough, even though she's a big pregnant lady. But Angelina Jolie just seems still kind of sickly still a little bit. Like, and I didn't think that until I saw her hands in a couple scenes where I'm just like, ooh... I wasn't bored, like you said, but I wasn't terribly thrilled either. Even watching how everything resolves itself, you're just like, well, I mean, this is where most movies go like this. I will say the only person I found truly terrible was Tyler Perry in his one scene in this movie. That dude just can't act unless someone like David Fincher is directing him.
0: I can only assume he's got his fingers deep into Hollywood money because he keeps getting sweet jobs on the side of cameos. Like, I'm still mad at whoever gave him Federation president in Star Trek. I'm like, <laughs> no, stop!
3: Like he said, this movie sold itself as so many different things and it settled for just the most lowest common denominator type of action thriller. So I would give this six out of ten definitely Lethal Light- Lightning Strikes.
0: Seriously, it's like God playing a video game.
3: <laughs> Seriously, that whole sequence was like, you know, one of those levels you see in something like, I don't know, Gears of War, where there's just a lightning storm that comes in. And you're just like, run, you know, roadie run down through the, through the
0: field. I guess that's something that happens. I mean, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't work for the park service. I don't know. Adrian, what do you
1: got? You know, firefighters make good heroes, but... In this movie, they make for some fucking annoying people. Like, the first quarter of this film, there's a scene where, like, they're all at a bar. And they're all just, like, the human equivalent of, like, a truck commercial. Like, the most just fucking annoying... (laughs) <laughs> to the point where it's like, oh, God, I hope you don't follow these people. Uh, and you don't.
0: Adrian, I forgot about that. The one scene where they're, like, toxic masculinity yeah, exactly. is shaming this girl because her boyfriend doesn't look like what they think a man should look like. And you're like, what a bunch of assholes. <laughs> the sad thing is, yeah,
1: I've met people like that. It sounds like a fucking truck or, like, barbecue commercial, like a barbecue restaurant where it's like. <laughs> Over here at Thunderfuck's, we make sure that, you know, all that shit. Um... (laughs) Now I want to get some barbecue at Thunderfuck's. That sounds really good, actually. (laughs) But aside from that, uh, I did have a good time. I found it a little bit intense. I mean, you know exactly what's going to happen. And all the side character stuff is more exciting. Like, there's a really good sequence that's tense with the pregnant woman in this. It's satisfying. I love that scene. And then the rest of it was just like, yeah, okay, I'm having a good time. I know that my grandpa is going to be like, damn, this was really good. And I know my dad was going to be like, hey, grandpa thought this was really good. And uh, (laughs) for the most part, I think... For home viewing that's great with this and mortal Kombat, i'm really starting to feel like some of these warner brothers hbo movies were not meant to go to theaters i don't know i can't imagine paying money to go see this on a huge screen uh even though it does look really beautiful at points you're probably gonna like it you're just not gonna love it i'm gonna give this three and a half bags of uh, candy or some shit just go ahead and take some out of five. I don't know why that line got me and made me crack up, but it did. Well, you don't have
3: to worry about people imagining to go see this because they didn't. This movie's already no. a flop in the box office. It's true. Oh, damn.
0: I think I just found this serviceable. It's like when you kind of want Taco Bell, but you're not even really sure if that's what you want. And you get it and you're like, I mean, it's fine. It's kind of what I wanted, I guess.
3: It's not Del Taco, at least.
0: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. So I still have not had Del Taco. I hear uh, it's...
2: It's less worse.
0: This whole movie is just kind of there. It's like I've seen everything in this film happen before in other films. The only thing that I found really interesting at all was the John Bernthal, Medina Senghor subplot line, which is, you know, just part of the bigger one. But it made the film feel kind of fractured and uneven because Jolie, like I said, just doesn't have too much to do. It's just okay. I'm not going to be mad at anybody for liking it, but we can do better, Hollywood. And Taylor Sheridan, I know you can do better. We've seen you do so much better. I'm gonna give this five out of ten insidious plots to keep Hollywood from realizing Tyler Perry has absolutely no talent of any kind.
3: Can Aiden Gillen not play a villain for a little while? Because he's played <laughs> villains in literally everything post Game of Thrones that I've seen of many like this movie, Bohemian Rhapsody.
2: His name rhymes with the word villain. He has to. Aiden <laughs> Gillen the villain Gillen the
3: villain.